Welcome to Follow the Medical Record, where healthcare experts give insights into the increasing importance of following a patient's medical record through the health ecosystem with compliance, privacy, security, and efficiency front and center. This podcast is brought to you by MRO and hosted by Don Hardwick, Senior Vice President of Client Relations at MRO. Don has been in the health information management industry for over 40 years and has extensive knowledge of how medical records make their way through the healthcare ecosystem. At MRO, Don is responsible for strategic client engagement programs and overall client satisfaction. To hear from all of MRO's industry experts, be sure to visit MROCorp.com for additional content and to sign up for our monthly e-newsletter. Over to you, Don. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another session of Follow the Medical Record. I'm your host, Don Hardwick, and thanks for listening today. As always, you can learn more about MRO and myself on our website at MROCORP.com. And please take a moment and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at MROCORP. I normally have a subject matter expert as my guest to discuss uses of the medical record. And today I have MRO's Chief Technology Officer. Mark Thomas. So Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, Don. I really appreciate you having me today. I'm excited to talk about what's happening in the world of technology and and specifically what's happening at MRO. Great. I think this is going to be a a good session for us today. Before we get started on, uh, on the topic, if you would give our listeners a little bit about your professional background. Sure. Uh, We'll start with, I'm a mathematician by trade. So I went to school for uh, applied mathematics uh, at Auburn University. And from there, uh, I transitioned into working for the Department of Defense, building missile defense software and and some other fun things you do working for the Department of Defense. We did some perimeter security robots. And at one point, I found myself working on uh, sniper detection systems and so forth. All along the way, my role was leading technology, primarily software development, which is really part of who I am. I've been I've been writing software since I got my first Apple IIe when I was in fifth grade, I think. Uh, but after about a, a fourteen or fifteen year stint working in the defense industry, I decided that I wanted to. Uh, to try to develop technology in other areas and in other industries. And so uh, I found myself talking to the CTO of a then healthcare company, and he convinced me to come be a part of his team doing some, some cutting edge work in healthcare and have been in healthcare ever since. So for the past 12 years or 13 years, I lose track at this point, I've been focused on building software in, in healthcare. Very interesting. It's always interesting to see uh, the twists and turns careers uh, have taken to get where they are today. We're certainly glad to have you um, and certainly glad to have you on the show. So I appreciate it. Uh, So tell us your perspective on how technology is transforming MRO's experience as it relates to the medical record. You know, one of the things that that I'm seeing out there is the, the ever-changing demand, uh, ever-increasing, I should say, increasing exponentially demand for uh, companies to connect in new and innovative ways. 
everyone is working, every company's out there working on a, a more granular workflow to refine how they bring value to their clients. And this drive towards uh, granularity is putting a demand on the rest of us in the ecosystem to connect to those clients in new and innovative ways. So it's no longer okay to just have to be a big black box, for example. Uh, we want to be able to connect to our partners, <clears throat> frankly, in ways that we haven't connected to them in the past. And, and that puts a, you know, a, a burden on the technology itself to be able to meet that demand. I, we're talking uh, about the changes in that technology and the demand on the technology, and really it's a demand on the information that that technology enables. And I, I know that you are kind of keep your fingers on the pulse of that technology piece. So what are some of the trends and how are those trends in essence, shaping your thoughts on transforming our technology. Yeah, the, the, the you know there are lots of uh, probably on the surface trends out there that everybody's seeing. Think you know you know artificial intelligence and the push to use artificial intelligence to to provide better outcomes or to to make companies and workflows more efficient. For exa for example, is kind of in your face right now. But under the undercurrent. Uh, trend that I'm paying the most attention to, and I mentioned a little bit um, previously, is this demand to to connect um, via connect into what I'm calling the connected ecosystem um, in ways that we haven't connected before, and more granular ways. And and the example what I'm thinking about is, um, you know, we might see demand in the future for. Um, the demand to move a medical record, not the entire record, for example, maybe just a small piece of the record for a very specific use case. You know, everyone is uh, is more and more cognizant and we have to be more and more careful about information protection because of this connected world. And so the, the use cases for moving big chunks of data are probably going away. Where I, I think we're going to be uh, asked to move smaller and smaller pieces of data for very targeted needs. Um, and I think that puts a demand on all of the legacy systems in healthcare that are not built to do that. They're really not built to do that at all. Um, and that's just one of those things that I think is an undercurrent in, into this ever-evolving healthcare ecosystem that's constantly working to optimize itself. When it comes to that clinical, you mentioned a couple of things I, I want to drill into a, a little bit here, but one of those, and we've talked about it on the show several times, is security in protecting that clinical data uh, is always at top of mind for you know companies like us and and the technology enablement that you're talking about. Anything new from a security perspective? As it, as it relates to the transmission of this information, the because of the high demand, as you're saying, there's a, there's a high you know, probability here of multiple entities wanting this information on a constant basis, whether it's in total of the medical record or a piece of that medical record, as you say. So how, how are, is there anything that's new or, 
innovative that's occurring out in the market to protect or secure that data? Yeah, I think there's a there's a big push. It's a it's a great question about security, and I, I think my answer would be um, again keeping along the theme of of moving from you know big rock chunks of data to to move in lots of small rocks. That means they're likely uh, a much higher and uh, and a larger uh, number of transactions by a couple of orders of magnitude. And so we have to be focused on protecting those individual transactions. I know at MRO where we uh, can you know continue to invest heavily in our security infrastructure. It's focused on um, things like our API security layer and the visibility we have into that security layer, for example. Um, but what what the you know, technology is a little bit of a double edged sword. You know, as all of our architectures get more modern and and more secure, so do the bad actors out there as well who are putting more and more pressure on us. So it's I view security as a is a as a more of the same. It's an ever growing curve and an ever growing demand that we have to stay vigilant and continue to invest in security technologies that really are going to enable this more connected and more automated connected system. So. The, the really the investment that has to occur is around uh, building security technologies that are going to enable us to uh, move data back and forth in a really seamless way because that's what the business models uh, and the workflows really demand. Uh, but we we obviously have to do that in a very secure way. So your teams, I know you head up several teams uh, with the organization. But what if you can share with us any specifics that your teams are working on that will enable a more efficient, more effective way of, um, of that architecture being able to uh, facilitate an expeditious movement of that uh, movement of that data? Because today, a lot of the uh, capabilities center around manual labor. So what are you doing or what are your teams doing that will further augment the ability to move this data in an automated fashion? Well, well first and foremost, um, in order to participate in this uh, connected ecosystem, uh, we have to change how we deliver technology altogether. Um, there was uh, in the 1960s, late 1960s, uh, Melvin Conway uh, did a study on how organizations um, built systems. You know, in the night in the late 1960s, software was part of it, but it certainly wasn't uh, the only thing being built. But Conway proved that or organizations will produce systems that mimic the communication structure in the organization. And you can kind of extrapolate that to mean uh, some, something like the organizational structure as well. And an easy way to think about Conway's law, if you haven't heard it before, is if you have two teams that are building software and they don't talk to each other, what is the chance that their software will talk to each other? It's pretty low. So when you when you extrapolate that and you think about, okay, we've got to be a part of this connected ecosystem, we have to have teams and our delivery structures and how we build software and, and interact with the marketplace has to be with that 
end architecture in mind with the ability to connect granularly. So we're changing the way we deliver software with that in mind. I, I further kind of extrapolate uh, Conway's law into what I call Mark's theorem of architecture. But when you couple Conway's law together with some work that Westrom did around performance oriented culture, Westrom proved that the culture of a technology organization will predict the communication patterns that exist in the organization. So when you couple Westrom together with Conway's law, again, back to me being a mathematician, I apologize, I can't help myself. Uh, you get that a, an organization's culture will predict the architecture that it creates. And so we've put a lot of deliberate thought into the culture in our technology organization that we believe will create a technology platform that's easily configurable, that's flexible, easily easy to connect with and to connect uh, in all kinds of ways, whether granular workflows or, or otherwise in the more traditional workflows. So it, it's all about, uh, for me, it's, it's not just the technology component. Yeah, I'm a technology guy. I know talking about culture, but at, the, at, at least 50% of our transformation is around how we deliver that technology. And so our, our teams are, are becoming much more flexible and innovative, and, and that's allowing us to, to move at a speed and scale that we haven't moved in the past. So you're talking about how to deliver that. How is artificial intelligence today, which is a big push by lots of different industries and is starting to creep into, of course, um, our industry and the healthcare uh, market space. So how, how is artificial intelligence beginning to play a role? Well, I think you're going to see it start to pop up in lots of different areas. This is unlike some of the technologies that have popped up in the past that were cool technologies that were looking for a use case. Artificial intelligence, at least from my, my view, has um, almost infinite number of use cases. Some of them that we're seeing uh, already is the ability to make writing software more efficient. For example, you can use AI technologies to do things like uh, build and execute test cases that allow, that allow you to deploy your software more rapidly, for example. You're going to start to see artificial intelligence uh, begin to do the things that can to, to enable us to do the things that computers can do to answer the questions that computers can answer the routine kinds of questions to really free up our humans uh, to do the unique things that humans can do around putting pieces of a puzzle together that otherwise wouldn't be able to be put together. So it's you, the big movement is going to be to I think to get um, to to leverage artificial intelligence in a way that unlocks your workforce. I don't view it as a replace your workforce kind of technology. I, I view it as a way of unlocking it and really allowing us to focus our our humans, our human people on value that a computer can't deliver because they're going to always be limitations uh, to artificial intelligence. So I think we're a long ways away from um you know, its ability, I know there's a lot of talk about its ability to replace humans and that sort of thing. I think, I think we're a long way from that, obviously, at this point, but I think they're, they're used appropriately. There are a, a great number of opportunities to leverage it. I, I know we're at the hub of distribution of information. Okay. And I know that some of our operations centers around 
more routine type of requests, i.e. audits and, uh, and requests for information that satisfy certain components of the industry, where artificial intelligence in some categories can certainly play an efficiency role for MRO in particular, and that translates to lower costs and so forth for our clients. Are we deploying um, at this point uh, any artificial inte intelligence that you're you know, able or willing to talk about? Uh, at, at this point, we're not at a broad scale. We are absolutely experimenting with some things. Our focus is, is certainly on only leveraging it to do what we do better to do things like improve our quality process, for example, or to, to potentially uh, catch potential compliance issues where in the past we may have had lots of uh, the need for lots of people to be involved to do that. But again, at this point, you know, what I would consider true artificial intelligence, we're, we're not uh, leveraging it at scale. And I'm not saying that we wouldn't uh, do that in the future. Uh, but we've got a lot of work to do to determine where it really fits in in what we do at this point. So, Mark, any other thoughts here for our listeners um, in the technology realm and how that is transforming? Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time today, but are there any last thoughts here uh, on how that transformation um, is is enabling the healthcare market? Yeah, I guess I would just say, I, th I think about technology as an ever journey. Uh, every, every company that I've ever been a part of, every actor in the healthcare industry, whether it's a payer, whether it's a, a provider, or whether it's uh, all the other parts of the ecosystem that, that make the healthcare ecosystem go around, everyone's on a journey and we're all at different places on that journey. Um, the, the key is that it's getting exponentially more difficult to understand the demands for technology. And it's a, it's, it's always been complex, but I, I believe the complexity is growing at a, at an exponential rate. And that requires a very deliberate kind of mindset to operate in that world. And, and you, and, you know, from my perspective, we can't do it all, you know, your question about artificial intelligence. Um, we're, we're experimenting with it and we will, I'm sure at some point deploy it. Um, but there are lots of other technologies that may not fit. They could be distractions. And so the, the challenge becomes focusing in on the things that, um, really can help bring value, uh, to the, to, to your clients that you're working on. Certainly I, I, that's where I spend my time is, is weeding through a lot of the the potential distraction and the noise out there to be laser focused on bringing value to our clients and adding technology or transforming our technology team with really one thing in focus. And that's, and that's about doing what we do and doing it better and bringing more value to our clients. And I, I, I'm super excited about where MRO sits. I believe we have uh, an, an incredibly uh, impactful role in, in making healthcare better in general, and um, it's it's just a real pleasure to be a part of. Well, Mark, this, this is exciting. It's an exciting time, actually, in the in, in the field of you know healthcare, 
not only because of the advancements that we're making uh, from a uh, medical standpoint, technology, uh, but also just in the clerical side or the clerical end of uh, the healthcare industry. There are so many facets that um, we're involved in that are opening doors for the movement of information and sitting in the hub of that is the medical record. And it's nice to hear that the technology applications are affecting that movement. And at the end of the day, it's certainly going to improve healthcare for those patients. And so it, it's an exciting time. I, I, I really love uh, all that's going on. And, I, and second to that, I appreciate you taking the time today uh, to share some of this information, your knowledge and where MRO is going from a technology standpoint is very much appreciated. So thank you very much for joining the show. Yes, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity as well. And, and hopefully we can do it again. Very good. So for more insight, on a patient's medical record, visit the show's page at MROCORP.com and be sure to explore our additional resources and thought leadership on our website. Please check out our program on healthcarenowradio.com. Finally, be sure to connect with us on Twitter at MROCORP. Until we talk again, I'm your host, Don Hardwick.